Good morning. How's everybody? It's good to see you today. Welcome to church. We're glad that you're at North Star. And uh, we hope that today you really, the first Sunday of the, of the new year, that you really um, sense the sweet spirit of God in this place. And at both of our campuses, we welcome our Saltillo campus and we welcome our Tupelo campus. And we welcome those that are joining us online. North Star is a place where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything is possible. You got it. Our vision at North Star is to glorify God by making disciples of all nations. That means this nation and that nation. And so everything that we do is about reaching people for Jesus Christ. A couple of quick things. One is growth track one is today. It's the first time that we've done it like this. We're, we're having growth track one this week, two next week, and so, so forth. And we'll have growth tracks at both campuses, at both campuses at one o'clock today, growth track one. Also, um, I mentioned uh, last week that we're entering into a 21-day time of prayer and fasting, prayer and fasting. And uh, that will begin next week. We encourage you to be a part of the fast uh, on whatever level that you feel like that you can. If you'll go to our website, it's on our homepage, ns.church, and uh, you'll click on 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting, and you'll see the different kinds of fasts that are listed there. So we encourage you to do that. That begins next week, all right? Uh, one more thing about Growth Track 1. Growth Track 1 is our membership class. Some of you have been kicking the tires for quite some time at both of our campuses, and today is a perfect opportunity. The class will last right at one hour and 15 minutes, all right? One hour and 15 minutes, regardless of what you've been told in the past, that's what it will be. It has changed through the years, I guarantee you, but uh, hope to see you this afternoon at one o'clock, one o'clock. When you came in today, uh, if you got one of, if you received one of these, at Tupelo and Saltillo, raise your orange. Let me see. Some people didn't get one, or you tucked it away. Okay, yeah, good, good. So when, uh, when you feel like amening today, just this is for for that. Just put that up. Yeah, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, I I would really like to tell you what orange is, but I can't. All I can say really today is that we're going orange. Okay? We're going orange. Orange is about, I will say this, orange is about loving our people, loving our families, loving our church, and loving our community. One other thing about orange, and you're going to be hearing about this periodically leading up to a very special day that I'm not going to tell you when it is today because I want to keep you in suspense. Now, orange is, um, I, I just forgot what I was going to say, but um, we're going orange, okay? We're going orange. That's all I was going to say. We're going orange. Be listening for more things, and uh, you'll be excited about what, what God has in store for us as a church as we go orange, go orange. Are you about to die to know what it means? Well, don't die because I got to preach to you 
And I've preached to dead people before, and I don't want to do that today. All right, so take your Bibles today. We'll we'll be looking at a passage in just a few minutes. Uh, Last week I did mention fasting, and some people might have missed that message. And fasting, this is a definition of what fasting is as we uh, enter into a time of prayer and fasting. Fasting is letting go of the natural and taking hold of the supernatural. I will say this, that on Wednesdays during the fast, that will be three different Wednesdays, but Wednesdays during the fast, we're going to be having a, a, a designated area at both of our campuses where at 6 o'clock in the morning and at 6 o'clock in the evening that you'll be able to come and just, just privately spend some time in prayer. Because I believe fasting without prayer is hunger. It's doing without something. But Nehemiah and everyone in the Bible, when they, when they fasted, they fasted and prayed. So on Wednesdays during the fast, uh, that will be available for you. Well, I'm really pumped about this series, the first Sunday of the new year. This series is about starting over. We've entitled this series, Restart restart. How many know that it's good to be able to restart sometimes? Well, a natural place to do that is during uh, the new year, at the beginning of the new year. So maybe you've come today, maybe you're listening today online, and, and you're thinking, you know, there are some things in my life that I really need to let go of and take hold of. Uh, There needs to be a restart in my life. And during this series, we're going to take an honest look at ourselves. I can't look at you, and you can't look at me, but take an honest look at ourselves and the direction that our lives are headed this year, 2018. And during this series, uh, we're going to look at the fact that sometimes our lives are like, out of control. Have you ever found yourself just all over the place, all over the map when it comes to spiritual things and when it comes to God? And so in this series, we're going to talk about restarting. Um, have, have you ever, are, I, you know, I, I don't want to say the word addiction, but is anybody addicted to Reality shows, specifically those, uh, those building ones, that is so ungodly. I hope you get some help. In fact, uh, I called our cable company, and I said, uh, I'm having some problems with my wife. They said, sir, this is the cable company. I said, I know. She's addicted to fix her upper. It is now banned. You just don't even know. It is banned. It is blocked from our television. Flip and flop and fix her upper, Joanna and Chip, no, no more. Sorry. I've written them off. Well, today what I want to talk about is the first makeover. 
the first fixer-upper. Who doesn't want a new start? Who doesn't want a fresh start for this year? And I just want to tell you, regardless of what you faced in the last year, you can have a restart this year. This is what I know. The regrets of last year don't have to be the regrets of this year. We've all had some regrets. I have. But what's good is that the regrets that I had last year, they don't have to be the regrets that I have this year. The mistakes that I made last year don't have to be the mistakes that I make this year. And that happens when we have a, a fresh start, a restart, a starting over. In the book of Philippians, this is not really our text for today, or not my main text, but it's like the theme of this series. Paul was writing in the context of starting over. He said in Philippians, he said, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing that I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press toward the goal to win the prize for which God hath called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Amen. Now, one of the messages during this series is going to be from that passage of Scripture, and we're going to look at the context of what Paul was talking about. But in that context, it was, he was saying, I've started over. When I met Jesus Christ, it was a new start for me. And there were times later in Paul's life that he had to have a, a reboot. He had to have a, a restart in his heart and in his life. He even said, there are things that I should do that I don't do. The things that I shouldn't do, I find myself doing. And so what Paul was saying was, I need to start fresh. You know something? The devil, our enemy, seeketh whom he may devour, like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The enemy, this is what he does. He whispers in our ear things like, you've gone too far. There's no hope for you. There's no going back, and there's no future. The devil tells us it, and he says, you've blown it. But you know something? This is what I know, and, and one of the messages is going to deal specifically with this subject, but I wanted to throw out this line today because it's so, this statement today, because it's really powerful. How many would like to go back and fix some things? How many would like to have not had that to happen in our past? This is what I know. You can't go back, but you can start over. Can I get an amen? Come on, somebody. You can't go back, but you can start over. What the enemy would like, though, is for you not to have heard that statement. In fact, the enemy has probably tried his very best even today to cloud my mind or my thoughts or my delivery that I wouldn't even say it, but I'm going to say it again just to make him mad. You can't go back. But praise God, you can start over. You can go forward because God has a future for you. What the enemy wants to do, though, is to keep you and to relive your past. 
Let me, let me explain. Maybe you've struggled with anger. Amen? Yeah. Maybe you've struggled in relationships. Maybe you've struggled in your devotion. And what the devil wants to do is for, for 2018 to be another year of struggling, another year of failure. You can't go back, but you can start over. He wants you to relive your past. Now, if you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. I'm going to begin to, to read in chapter 3 with verse 1. We're going to read 13 verses, and then I'm going to talk about it a, a little bit, and then we're going to put it into practice. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. We don't do this very often. I like doing it, but we don't do it very often. Would you stand today as I read God's Word? both of our campuses. Please just stand with me. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from the tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. You must not touch it or you will die will not certainly die the serpent said to the woman for God knows that when you eat from it your eyes will be opened and you will be like God knowing good and evil when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom she took some of it and ate now I'm going to come back to this but I want you to notice the passivity of her husband When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eyes and desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of it and ate of it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day and they hid from the Lord God among the trees in the garden but the Lord God called to the man where are you he answered I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked so I hid and he said who told you that you were naked have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from the man said the woman you put here with me she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it then the Lord God said to the woman what is this you have done the woman said the serpent deceived me and I ate let's pray together father thank you for today thank you for your word I pray God that today as we look at your word in this passage we we pray God that you would just open our eyes speak to our hearts exactly the way that each one of us individually need to hear it in Jesus name and all God's people said amen you may be seated God had created the heavens and the earth he had placed Adam and Eve in a garden a perfect garden it was a place where there was no stuffy noses no 12 degree weather no back aches Come on, I'm not talking to anybody. No migraine headaches. No sore throats. 
No hip replacements, praise God. And in the garden, uh, let me just go, am, am I getting through to anybody? There was no fighting in the home, sleeping in different bedrooms, yelling, screaming at kids, disobedient. It was a perfect place. But God had put some parameters in the garden. He had put some boundaries in the garden. And Scripture teaches us that when this happened, what we just read, that Adam and Eve transgressed God's law. That means here's the boundary, and they stepped across the boundary in disobedience to God. And we know the rest of the story. From that day forward, sin has been in the world. But that's not the end of it. And as I, as I was preparing this message, I thought, but what did they do to get past that? Wouldn't it be horrible that you live the rest of your life concentrating, suffering, paying the penalty? Sin has its natural built-in consequences. Don't get me wrong. But how horrible it would have been for Adam and Eve not to have a, a restart. Some of you are listening today and that's where you are today. You need a restart. You need a fresh start, a starting over with God. And good news and bad news. The bad news is we have uh, enemies that hinder us from starting over, and we have allies that help us start over. First of all, if you're taking notes, write this one down. We have enemies that hinder us from starting over. I'm just telling you, going into the new year, that you've got some enemies that are against you that don't want to see you start over, okay? Just get that. You don't have to do this alone. But know this, that you have enemies that are hindering you from making the fresh start that you know that you need to make relationally, spiritually, financially, and you have enemies. When you look at this story, I'm going to give you two enemies to you starting over. Verse 7 says, Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized that they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. They realized that they were naked. Now, you've got to understand, I'm just going to be as uh, discreet about this as possible, but You've got to understand that they were naked. The way I heard it growing up, it was naked. It was spelled with an E. But, but they were, and it was fine. They didn't think anything about it. It was beautiful. It was awesome. Just ask Adam. Just ask Eve. They, they liked it. It was natural. But when, listen, but when they disobeyed God, suddenly their eyes were opened. They, they looked at things differently and they realized that they were naked. So what, what was the enemy, and what was the very first thing that they did? They, they tried to hide. That is an enemy of you restarting this year, that you're, that you're trying to hide. Like hide from, like God? God is omniscient. Verse 8 says, then uh, God is omniscient, but he is omnipresent. That's the omni word that I was supposed to have said. I said all three of them this morning just to see if I could say them, but he, he's omnipresent. He's ever present. God is, he's everywhere. He sees everything. 
Verse 8 says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the, from God, the Lord God among the trees in the garden. They hid from God. Now, on each of my uh, points today, uh, I've got a kind of a follow-up. I'm calling it a follow-up s- statement. If you want to start over, you've got to stop hiding. If you want to start over, if you want a fresh start with God, a restart, you've got to stop hiding. God sees and knows everything. Well, uh, you, you, look, you may hide from your spouse. You may hide in the persona of who you want people to think that you are. Oh, we dress up and, oh, everything's okay. There's no sin in my life. There's no problems in my life. There's no hurt, disappointment, depression, discouragement in my life. And we have a persona of what we want other people to see. You may fool your spouse. Teenagers, you may fool your parents. Though I was not easily fooled as a parent. You may fool the IRS. I doubt it, but you may, but you can't fool God. God is all-knowing, God is all-powerful, and God is all-present. The book of Job, just real quick, I'll read these kind of quick. Job says this, chapter 34, verse 22 There is no deep shadow, no utter darkness where evildoers can hide. If you think you can hide from God, you've got another thing coming. You think that you do what you do and think what you think. Uh, All-knowing God knows even my thoughts, and I have to remember that as I'm thinking things. You can't hide from God. Jeremiah, chapter 16, verse 17. My eyes are on all their ways, they're not hidden from me, nor is their sin concealed from my eyes. Chapter 23, verse 24. Who can hide in secret places so that I cannot see them, declares the Lord. Do not I feel heaven and earth, declares the Lord. So sometimes we think that nobody else knows and we're hiding. And it's a hindrance, it's an enemy of me having a a restart. It's an enemy of me having a fresh start in that I'm covering something up. I'm hiding. Another enemy, enemy number two, is uh, shifting the blame. Shifting the blame. God said to Adam, uh, what have you done? What have you done? I think it's interesting what he says in verse 12. He says, the man said... The woman you, you put here with me. Now, I don't know if you've ever noticed this or not. We've always noticed that he said the woman made me do it. Well, I said I was going to come back to this. She took of the fruit, and he was passive. One of the enemies of manhood, men, I'm talking to you. One of the enemies of manhood is passivity, just standing back not doing anything. How many men in our society, how many men in our culture just stand back passive while the world goes to hell 
and while their family is in shambles, they just stand back. Well, I tried. She don't listen. It's easier just to throw up my hands. It's easier just not to do anything or say anything. Men, you need to man up. That's a sermon for another day. But anyway, uh, Adam stood there passively. But what's interesting is that Adam said, he, he even tried to, to blame God. Did you catch that? The woman you gave me. I read that, and I'm thinking, seriously? Is this guy trying to blame God? The woman you gave me. The woman. So he's playing the, the blame game. We blame everybody. We blame the government. We blame the education system. Yeah, you who are working in the, that field, you, you know what I'm talking about. We blame our parents. We blame everybody else. We even blame the church. I've been doing this for a long time. And I have seen parents not raise their kids in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And then when they, when they go wacko and they go astray, they wonder what happened. They start blaming people. They even blame the church. The church didn't, wasn't there. The church wasn't what my kids needed. Well, if you'd have had your kids at church without giving them a choice and, and children raising their parents rather than parents raising their children, things might have turned out a little bit different. That's another sermon for another day. I, if I live long enough, I'm going to preach it. But we play the blame game. We blame everybody else for what's happening in our lives. The man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me the fruit of the tree, verse 12, and I ate it. Verse 13 says, then the Lord said to the woman, she's playing the blame game, what is this that you've done? The woman blamed the devil. The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. If you want to start over, you've got to stop hiding. And if you want to start over, <laughs> you've got to stop blaming. Write that in your notes. If you want to start over, you've got to stop blaming other people. Is anybody getting this today? All right. Now, the, good, the bad news is we have two enemies that hinder us from restarting. Here's the good news. You ready for some good news, church? The good news is... Uh, we, we have two allies, two people in our corner, or two things, one's a person, in our corner that helps us to start over. Back to the text. Verse 21 says, The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife, and he clothed them. Who are our two allies? The first one is God. Say that with me. God. Capital G, God. Here is Adam and Eve. They've sinned. They've disobeyed God. They've rebelled against the Creator. They, they tried to hide. They tried to blame everybody else. But the ally that they didn't realize that they had, but they needed, and you and I need to do the same thing if we're going to have a, a restart this year, is that, that 
is, is this God. God. Who can be afar us? Who can be against us if God is for us? If God is for us, Scripture says, who can be against us? God came after them. And if you didn't know the story or you didn't know a lot about God, you would think God was coming to crush them. But the reality is God came to cover them. God did not come into the garden in the cool of the day knowing that Adam and Eve had disobeyed. He did not come to blame them. Get this, church. He came to take responsibility. But they did it. Yes, but God, he didn't come to crush them. He came to take the responsibility. So this is what I know. If you want to start over, if you want to restart this year, you've got to realize that you have an ally, God, to protect you. To protect you. Blood had never been shed ever before. Not until this time. The Bible says that, that God took an animal killed it, shed its blood, and covered them. This is a foreshadowing of Jesus. The first book of the Bible, Genesis. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission, there is no forgiveness of sin. So God took that animal, an innocent animal. It had never done anything. God took it, took its life, and used the skins of that animal to cover the nakedness of Adam and Eve. Thank God for the fact that he is in our corner. Come on, church, amen? He's not against you. He's for you. So our first ally is God. Notice the second one. It's um, owning it. Owning up to what you've done. Adam and Eve were never the same. And they realized before God, holy God, righteous God, that an innocent animal had been taken so that they could be covered So, church, if you want to start over, you've got to start owning it. And, and when you start owning it, God starts covering it. When you come to God and say, God, I have sinned. This is not somebody else's fault. It's all on me. Forgive me. I repent. I turn. I'm owning it. What does God do? He starts covering you. Do you need a, a restart in your life? In Lamentations, a book that's seldom read, says in chapter 3, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. Did you hear that? 
Because God loves you so much, you are not destroyed. Because God loves you so much, you have a second chance. Because God loves you so much, you have a third, fourth, fifth chance. And it says, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Church, do you get this? When you wake up in the morning, his mercies, his compassions, his love, it's fresh, it's available, it's for you. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. Here's a truth you might want to jot down. You ready? Say, ready? God is a better forgiver than you are a sinner. We're pretty good at sinning, aren't we? God's a better forgiver. What if this statement could be your prayer? I, I, I just want at both of our campuses, I want us to read it together, okay? I believe, put it up, here we go, let's say it together. I believe I am not my past. I will trust God's grace for my future. I can't go back, but I can start over. Would you give God a praise clap for that prayer? I believe I am not my past. I will trust God's grace for my future. I can't go back, but I can start over. Dear Lord, help that to be our prayer and our understanding. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would just speak to our hearts, God, people that are hurting, people that are disappointed in themselves, people that think that they've gone too far, people that are struggling over issues and addictions. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would just remind us your mercies are new every morning. If you realize today for the very first time, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you realize that you've never been born again, I'm telling you, I don't care how religious you have been, what church that you're a member of, how much money that you give, how much service that you give, you need Jesus. If you've never entered into that relationship with Jesus Christ, I want to give you an opportunity this first Sunday of the new year to say yes to Christ. I'm going to pray as an example for you. It's not just repeating words. It's accepting Jesus Christ from your heart. It's putting your trust in him to be your Savior. It's following him as your Lord. You can articulate it through prayer, and I'm going to pray. And if that's you today, just say, Dear God, today I need a, a Savior. I'm a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins and he rose from the grave. 
And today I repent, I turn from my sins, and I turn to you, Lord Jesus. Come into my heart. I put my trust in you as Savior. And I follow you today as Lord. If that was your prayer, I want to ask you to take the card attached to the listening guide that you received, fill it out, indicate that you prayed to receive Christ. If you'll bring it to guest services, we have a book to give you, but at least give it to us. Hand it to us, a staff member, put it in the buckets. But if you'll bring it to guest services, we have something for you. Maybe your prayer today is, Lord, help me to start over. God, the issues that I've had this past year don't define me. And God, today, I don't want them to be a part of my future. Maybe your prayers, God, help my attitude, help my outlook. Help me to, to follow you this year like never before. Church, would you stand with me? I want to pray for you. I want to pray for your new year, okay? Heavenly Father, thank you for today. And uh, I thank you, God, that you've met us here today. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that during these closing moments of worship, we'll not be gathering our things and getting ready to do our jobs and getting ready to to leave, but God, that we would tune in and focus in onto what you have said to us today. I pray, Heavenly Father, for those that need to restart, that God, it would happen today. God, I pray that as we close for people that to have the freedom just to come and kneel uh, at the front or in their row, but to, but to give everything to you. God, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name.